I came to a local gym in my area to find out if I could interview a few fighters about a legendary fighter named Jack Johnson. But I can see that's not going to happen. These fighters are pretty focused on what they're doing. So I, uh, I decided just to uh, give a synopsis, a little story background on Jack Johnson. And we'll go from there. I do have someone to interview. And maybe I'll interview him after I give a short story on uh, Jack Johnson, Lifetimes of Jack Johnson. I really tried to get an interview here in the gym, but uh, like I said, these guys are really uh, intense in their workout. So here we go. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. Regular for Purchase Podcast. So here's a short story on Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson was the first African-American to win the boxing heavyweight championship. Jack Johnson was born March 31st, 1878. He was nicknamed Galveston Giant. At the end of his height, of the Jim Crow era, he captured the heavyweight title. 1908. Johnson was regarded as one of the most influential boxers in history, but America wasn't ready for a black heavyweight champion. So on July 4th, 1910, Jack Johnson fought James J. Jeffries, the previously undefeated world heavyweight champion. This was called the fight of the century. Jeffries came out of retirement to challenge Johnson saying, and I quote, I'm going into this fight for the sole purpose of proving that a white man is better than a Negro. After both fighters selected a bid for the purse, which was $101,000, 75% would go to the winner and 25 would go to the loser of the fight. The fight was motivated by racial tension to prevent harm to either boxer, guns, Alcohol, and even apples were banned, as any other type of weapons. Approximately 20,000 people attended the occasion in downtown Reno, Nevada. Well, Jeffries was unable to match his skills against Johnson, and Johnson dominated the fight. Jeffries was never knocked down in his career as a boxer, but on that day he was knocked down twice by Johnson. They both fought closely during 15 rounds, and there was no running or ducking from each other. Johnson was very careful during the fight, especially when Jeffries tried to hold him in despair or desperation. Johnson backed away and took no chances. Jeffries' corner threw in the towel to end the fight and prevent Jeffries from having a knockout on his record. After 15 rounds, Jack Johnson had won the fight. The best man had won. As you can guess, many of the spectators came to see Johnson lose the fight. But afterwards, they had a new gained respect for the African-American who defeated their great white hope. After the fight, race riots broke out that evening all across the United States, from Texas to Colorado to New York and Washington, D.C. That night, 20 people were killed across the U.S. from the riots. On the flip side, the African-American community was in celebration for Johnson's victory for racial advancement. 
Jack Johnson held his title of heavyweight champ from 1908 to 1915. But in an attempt to destroy Johnson, he was arrested for transporting a white woman across state lines. He was charged in violation of the Mann Act, which forbid transporting a woman across state lines for immoral purposes. Johnson was sentenced to a year in prison. So Johnson fled the country and fought abroad for seven years until 1920, when he served his sentence at the Federal Penitentiary at Leavenworth. Johnson died June 10th, 1945, from a car crash. He was 68 years old. In 2018, Johnson was formally pardoned by U.S. President Donald Trump for the injustice that was imposed on him. Hello, and welcome to Purchase Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Goodlett. And today I'm here to talk about a old school fighter named Jack Johnson. And I'm here with a former fighter named Rob Garris. And he's going to tell his story. And this is round one. It's funny how my story started because I never wanted to be no fighter. I, I definitely didn't like violence. I was a foster kid being bullied and, you know, kids always chasing me, and I said, let me go buy this little book and try to teach myself how to fight. I brought me a book for like 275. I'm tearing up the basement, building a makeshift gym, and my father said, I'm gonna take you to a gym. And age 15, I started boxing. And, um, you know, it wasn't easy in the beginning, but I stuck with it for a while. Had plans on turning pro with a lot of big names that, you know, I was coming up with. And uh, I got injured at the age 19, and my record was 66 and 4 when I ended my amateur career. And then years later, I started a children's foundation helping kids find their families, which I was trying to find my biological family. And I had this premonition of getting back in the ring. I went to church one day, and this, this prophet prophesied. She said, you're going to get back in the ring for kids, which I didn't really understand that. But everything came to, you know, 2007. I was back in the ring fighting, you know. Where did you start fighting? I would, um, local gyms where you lived? or I, I started at um, the Cage Recreation in White Plains because they didn't have no boxes in New Rochelle at the time. But um started at the Cage, and then I ended up going to the PAL in Yonkers. And after I got injured, you know, the artery, ripped artery in my nose, I stopped and became a barber, you know, started doing things in the community. And um, went to church one day, you know, and this prophet told me, yo, you're going to get back in the ring. And um, which I, I kind of felt some kind of type of, it was funny, I was running into a lot of fighters that I used to see and came up with back in the day. And it was just weird seeing them years later and then... Next thing, I was back in the ring, you know, fighting, you know, charity fights. And who were some of the boxers you came up with, like, the names? Uh, like Mark Breland, um, Dennis Milton, Mike Tyson, um, Carl the Chief Williams, Freddie Spry, you know. Um, and those guys were around, like, when you were doing your thing, or yeah, they were they boxing was, they also? Was, they was boxing the same time I was as an amateur, you know. Um, 
Doug DeWitt, you know, the McGill McCoy. And a lot of them became contenders. A lot of them became world champions and, and Olympian fighters. You know, I thought I was going to be one, but um, it didn't happen at that time, you know. But, um, so you help out a lot in the community. Um, the term equalizer, equalizer is used when uh, they talk about you. You, like, give out things to help other people out a lot, right? Well, it's, it's, it's two things. Um, I, one, I don't like to see nobody get bullied or taken advantage of. Uh, my father used to, uh, he was like a long shot. You know, he loaned people money, and he wasn't a violent man, so he'll send his son, who's the boxer, to go collect the money. Okay. So, you know, at the same time, people had other little situations, and I would step to them, you know, and handle the situations. You know, somebody getting bullied, somebody owe somebody money. Whatever the situation was on the low, I took care of that. So you were a collector, too? A collector, yeah. But now you use those same skills to give back uh, in any other way you can, right? I wouldn't say give back. I mean, um, I just do what's in my heart. I mean, I, I feel obligated to my parents that gave me a home when they took me in at, you know, eight months. That, you know, I watched them help people. So, you know, I, I was taught to do the right thing, help other people. I don't feel like I, I have to. I don't feel I, you know, I owe anybody anything. It's just, it makes me feel good, right? You know. And when you were a boxer, what, what? I know there's different styles of boxing. What, what style of boxer were you? Were you? I was a boxer. You were a boxer. a boxer. You weren't the aggressor, or a... I was a, I was a boxer. It was like Ali. I like to dance, move, use a jab. And then when I came back at 41, I became like a boxer puncher. You know, I, you know, I mix it up. I was more like a. a um, I sit you up, sit traps, you know. And now that I'm getting ready to come back again, you know, I'm going to be, you know, more like a wizard, you know what I mean? Sit, sit traps, you know, just draw you in, make you look bad, and, you know, tie you up, stick and move, you know. And how old are you now that you're going to make a comeback? Yeah, I'm 57. Wow, okay. 57 years old, you're going to make yeah. a comeback. And you're yeah. doing this for charity reasons, charity, or, do you, you know, or are you going to try to... Help them foster kids. I ain't, you know, I ain't trying to chase no titles or nothing, you know. Okay. Just, Um, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the old school boxer, uh, Jack Johnson. You remember him, right? Yes, yes. Jack Johnson was the first heavyweight, uh, first black, black heavyweight, heavyweight champion. champion. Yes. And, uh, what, what style do you think, uh, he fought back then, even though they, they, he they, was, they, he was a, he was a boxer puncher. He was you a know, boxer he, puncher? He was smart. He had, he had his strategy, you know, how to hold the fighter back and, you know, tie him up and, you know, catch him off guard with uppercuts overhand rights. He was, he was, he was smart for, at that time for a fighter. And during that time, he was uh, not only fighting for the title, but he was fighting for his right to be in society with everyone else. He was before his time. Yeah. He, he didn't care what the white man thought of him. He just did what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? They could have lynched him, killed him early, but he was bold, man. He was just, yo, I'm going to do me. You know, he just did it, man. You know, he, I take my hat off to him, man. He was, he was the man. He was really the man. So he would have been like a revolutionary in the 70s or the 80s if he was around then. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking he would have been almost like a Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely, you know, because he was very rebelling, you know, saying against the system, but he did what he wanted to do, you know. He earned his money. 
grabbed all the white women. He did that purposely <laughs> to mess with the white people. You know what I'm saying? He was the man, man. I mean, that ain't my style, but uh, he was the man. And, you know, he was one of a kind. And back then, they fought until somebody couldn't get up, right? They, they fought like 25 rounds, you know what I'm saying? You know, three minute, 25 rounds. You know, it was brutal. Nowadays, that wouldn't happen because of the well, you know, stress they, on the body, right? They, they stopped from 15 to 12 rounds because, you know, the damage fighters taking, you know, and, you know, different size gloves, depending on the weight class, the gloves are different, you know. Anybody that's under, under, um, 147, you got to wear 8 ounce. Anything over, you wear 10 and 12 ounce over 147. What, what, what class were you fighting in? I fought light heavyweight, my last 10 fights. But coming up, I started at 139, junior welterweight. I skipped past welterweight, went to junior middleweight. And I fought as a middleweight. And then years later, when I came back, came back at 175, light heavyweight. So when I come back, I'll be with light heavyweight again. Wow. And when you were coming up and those other fighters that you were with, uh, like, you know, Mike Tyson and those guys, they were they in, ever around when you were fighting? Were yeah, they... we, was, we, we fought in the same tournaments. We, But, you know, coming up in the amateurs, you don't look at them as going to be who they are going to be today. You're right. looking at, as a kid, you're looking at you're going to be that dude. You know I mean? I had more amateur fights than them, but, right. you know, he, he just accelerated with, you know, with a good team, and, you know, he had a good cast of people around him, you know. My my, my, my situation just fell, fell apart. I mean, I got I dropped out of school. Moms put me out, you know. You know, I had to go out to make a living. I started cutting hair and try to make a comeback, but, you know, the focus wasn't there. It was more about surviving, you know. And once I got comfortable in life later on, that's when I came back, you know. So it's not a money thing for me, you know what I'm saying? My dream was always to be the world champion, but... Once I started my children's foundation helping foster kids, I became the children's champ. So, you know, and just maybe a year ago, I went to this charity event and they had all the ex-champions there. And um, some guy, um, he, I, I forgot what he did. He um, had a belt made for me. He wasn't a fighter. And um, he surprised me and said, well, we got this humanitarian belt, you know, for you, the children's champ. I didn't expect that, you know. I, w I always want to win a win a, a belt in the ring, but um, they gave me that belt in front of all the fighters, all the you know ex champions, the great champions, and it just, it was shocking, man, you know. So I want to at least one or two times hold that up in the air, you know. I don't care if I'm 60, 70 years old. I just want to have that opportunity to hold that belt in the air because I missed my whole prime, you know. what I'm saying when I left the ring, I was 19. I came back at 41. So my 20s and 30s, I never touched gloves. I, you know, I was doing other things, but, um, you know, you only live once, man, you know, so I'm, I was never a believer that you can't do something because of your age or, or your condition or whatever. I'm going to do me. I'm coming back. So now we're, you know, getting ready to go inside of a boxing gym. We're, we're in here. We're getting closer, and, uh, and we're, we're in here. Um, I was supposed to interview a couple of people in here about, you know, Jack Johnson and boxing and stuff, but uh, Rob's looking at me like, it, it, it don't look like these dudes uh, want to get interviewed. Is that right, Rob? They, you know, when you're in the gym, man, it's like a whole different world, man. You're training for war. 
it ain't like you going to like valleys or these little gyms where everybody walking around. You know, you know, what's your max? What, what you lifting and drinking Gatorade, posing in the mirror. <laughs> when you're in a fight gym, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's about it's about training for war. It's not you know trying to you know get right for the summer. It's about, <laughs> training for war. It's a whole <laughs> These guys in here look like they uh, don't feel like talking. We'll leave them alone then and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Jack Johnson. So yeah, back to Jack Johnson. I guess we didn't get much inside that gym, but uh, you think if Jack Johnson fought today, he would have been able to be heavyweight? I know the style's different. Maybe, you know, he would have been taught to hold his hands different. Uh, it's a good possibility. I mean, you know, styles of, of fighters are different. You know, everybody fought differently during their time. You know what I'm saying? As, as, as years went on, fighters are more, got more defense now. They're more skilled. They're more, you know, they don't have the heart as much as fighters back in the day because they fought harder for a couple of dollars. These guys now, they get millions of dollars. They fight once a year, twice a year, you know what I mean? I mean, they was hungry back then. Right, and back then, they, a lot of those fighters fought barehanded too, bare-knuckle yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever whatever they was going to put on your hands, I mean, you know, it's just like today, you know, they, they, they check your hands, inspectors, you got to wear a certain glove, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's more stricter today. It was brutal back in the day, you know. They didn't waste no punches. They didn't, you know, they went in there and fought, you know. There was no pulling no punches, man. Today, you got guys that's just skating in the ring, you know. They ain't in there trying to really hurt nobody. They, you know, they just want to get a payday and be the man, you know. It's, it's, the game is different, you know. It's different. Right, back then they fought until the other fighter just couldn't get up, right? 20-something well, rounds. the ref stop it, you know what I'm saying, right. if you get knocked out. But, you know, today it's like, you know, they, they got to stop a fighter. A fighter don't get hit with more than 10 punches and don't answer back. They got to stop the fight. You know? Right. It's that's that's game. to protect the fighter from yeah, being injured permanently, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Rob, I appreciate you coming by and talking with me. And it's good hanging out with you today. And uh, I'm glad you helped me out with this project. So uh... it was my pleasure being a part of this. Once again, I want to thank my guest, Rob Garris, for helping me out. And this is Ray Goodlett for Purchase Podcast.